ladies and gentlemen. It is my honor to present to you your hosts for the Married with Board Games podcast, Spencer and Laura Williams. Hey there, everyone. I'm Spencer. I'm Laura. And this is the Married with Board Games podcast. Guys, we're at episode 20. Wow. So that's like a fraction of what other people have done. But hey, for us, we think that 20 is a nice round number. That's right. You got to start somewhere. Yeah. So we'll just got to keep going. So it's like a milestone for us. So this is kind of a milestone episode and we're going to make it special just for you. Yay. Yes, you. I'm talking directly to you. (laughs) So um, we're glad you joined us. We've got a great show for you today. We're going to talk about some games that we've played recently. Yes, we got a lot of gaming in. We did. We've got some new segments to introduce. (gasps) One uh, we've been teasing for a while and then another one just kind of came to me on a whim yeah um that i'm excited about uh introducing we've got a delicious game night grub segment for you that we're going to kind of tweak the format of a little bit but still the same delicious recipes you've come to expect and then our topic for the episode is con envy do you get con envy what is con envy how can you deal with con envy so a great show lined up for you today before we get to any of that fabulous content though we had a contest, didn't we? We did. In conjunction with a survey that we sent out, people who responded were entered into a kind of drawing yes. uh, for a game. Yeah. So on that note of the survey, we had some wonderful responses. Um, I was I was very pleased with the amount and the quality of responses. Some yes. good imp- we are so thankful yes. for your feedback. Yes, it's great feedback. Con- very constructive also. I mean, it's very nice words, but also constructive feedback too. So we're going to take some time uh, within the next few weeks to digest that, see how we can craft our show to better suit your uh, preferences in a podcast. Uh, but in the meantime, we're going to announce our winner, Lara. We drew a name at random. Mm-hmm. And would you please have the honor of announcing the winner of... Their choice of Exit the Game. The winner of Exit the Game is Jeremy McCombs. Ooh, Jeremy! Hooray! You win either the Abandoned Cabin, the Pharaoh's Curse, or the other thing, Abandoned Lab? The Secret Lab. Secret Lab. Yeah, one of those. (laughs) So, Jeremy, uh, we will be contacting you very shortly. We have your email address. And uh, just be watching out for that. Everybody else, thank you again so much for giving us your feedback. You're going to see the fruits of that here very soon. Right. Yes. And um, maybe since we had such good response later on down the road, maybe if we get another 20 more under our belt, Mm. we could have another drawing. Yeah. Oh, I love drawings. (laughs) <laughs> They're so much fun. They're exciting. When you when you click that button to draw a random name, it's just so, who's it going to be? What's it going to be? Oh my gosh, what's going to pop up? Yeah. yeah, so it's awesome. <laughs> Again, congrats, Jeremy. Thank you so much for listening and uh, for your feedback. And with all that being said, let's move on to some games that we've been playing. We, we held off on talking about these last episode because we want to save them for this one. So, mm-hmm. Laura, why don't you start us off with our first one? Okay, so um, we've been hearing a lot of stuff about this recently. Um, this is... Uh, from Renegade Games, and I guess they're kind of making it a line. It seems like it. It seems like um, this particular one is Flatline. And I have to tell you that above the title of Flatline, it says a Fuse Aftershock game. So maybe there's going to be more. Maybe there's going to be all, there's all kinds of repercussions from a bomb exploding. Yes, on a ship. I yeah. mean, it's... On a spaceship. Yeah, the, the possibilities are endless. There's so many different things going on at once. And so this one focuses kind of on your medical bay. Right. And um, we just... Honestly, we've been hearing a lot about this game. And then we went to a, a game store and we saw it. And, you know, we had... We had some money to spend and we just, we knew we needed some new good content for you guys to talk to you about. And we saw it. I picked up the box and there was a good heft to <laughs> it. It was nice and heavy and we knew there were lots of dice and we know how much Laura likes dice. Laura loves dice. So we went for it and we are so pleased with this purchase. Yes. Um, all right. So like I've already said, this is an aftershock of Fuse. So in Fuse, 
um, which is a game we have not played yet. Mm-mm. And um, We'd we, love to. Right. We I really want to, especially after this. We do know that the premise is you are trying to defuse a bomb before it explodes. So um, this is an Aftershock game, and it's called Flatline, and we're in the medical bay. So we're guessing that we were not successful. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, now you are medics in the medical bay taking care of people who were within the blast radius and got injured. And um, again, you're rolling dice kind of like, just like infuse to try to solve their different um, medical needs. And it's very cool and futuristic thing. So um, you've got four patients at one time on your board and there are these humongous tiles. It's really cool. And they're kind of like in a pod, almost like I had to, I described it to somebody as like, Imagine that, like they're in an iron lung. They're inside this pod that's trying, that's sustaining them and stabilizing them. And on each of these pods, there are different die requirements and they're in different, they're on certain lines. And so, um, it also tells you how many people need to roll these dice. So sometimes it's just one person required to fulfill these requirements. Sometimes it's exactly two players have to do it. Sometimes it's just two or more players. And there are even some that it's all hands on deck. Every person has to contribute to this to help. So I kind of like to think of them as different medical procedures, Mm -hmm. really. And um, so you're what you're going to do is you've got a there's a really cool app you can use or you can just use your phone timer, I guess. Mm -hmm. You have a minute. (laughs) You have six dice. And you, you have the opportunity to gain an extra die. Mm-hmm. And you're rolling your, you, as soon as that timer starts, you roll your die, uh, and you see what all you've got there. And you're just divvying them up, trying to take care of these things with the patients. However, just like what would happen in an emergency in a med bay, there are, like I just said, emergencies popping up, um, that need your attention immediately. And if you don't meet those, bad things will happen to you. Um, there's also, uh, extra cards over to the side that make bad things happen. Cause you have to roll these two little emergency dice that are really cool. They look like, um, like a, kind of like a digital clock, mm-hmm. like those style numbers, um, on the dice and you roll them and they activate these different cards that do bad things <laughs> such as, um, not allowing players to re-roll their dice for or- a turn. Or making a player lose a die. Ooh, yeah. Taking a die away from a player. Um, maybe if there's an emergency that you did complete, it makes it go back over to where you mm. have to do it again. Yeah. Um, but there's also things to help you. Like I was saying about re-rolling a die. Um, I like how Spencer explains it. It's kind of like elder sign. You have to concentrate a die. If you need to, if you have all these dies and you, there's some combinations you're just not able to meet, what you can do is set one die aside. Basically sacrifice it. Yeah. On this certain track on the board. And that way you can reroll all of your dice in front of you. Um, and one thing that we, the first playthrough, we didn't really abide by, but we do now is as soon as you put that, your dice down. That's it. You can't touch it again. But like I say, you have a minute to do all this. So it's very possible that in the heat of the moment and with so many different players, which of course, this is a one to five player game. So I can't imagine playing this solo. No. I'll probably try it sometime. Though. You should. <laughs> I'd like to hear your... your. <laughs> oh, no. no I'm yelling. <laughs> yes. And you'd have to stay away. Don't come out. But um, you might put a, a dice down somewhere where it it is multiple players contribute mm-hmm. thinking that someone else is going to be able to help you. And then by the time the timer's running out, nobody can help finish that. And your dice could have gone somewhere else and mm-hmm. actually completed something. Anyway, at the end of that one minute, um, you go through and clear out your dice from the board. So say if you completed some card requirements, you remove those cards or move them to the correct place on the board. And um, if you were if you completed some of those medical requirements on patients, there are these cool little um, kind of like shield things that you you pick up the dice where they were on that row and then you cover that shield up because it's complete and it's already been met. Um, and your goal is to try to cover up all of that patient that heals them and gets them off the board and you put a new patient down and just keep going until you get all of your patients out. However, there is a game timer. Because there was an explosion on the ship, you are losing power. You sure are. 
And so um, beginning of each round, there's a track with these cool little cubes, kind of reminiscent of like the energy cubes in King of Tokyo. Um, you pick those up. It also tells you how many bad cards have to be put out for mm-hmm. the emergency dice to activate. But also as that goes down, you're seeing your energy is dwindling and you've got to get your patients healed and out before that energy runs out. There are two recharging stations, but you can only do one of them once mm-hmm. or each of them once. Which allows you to put those cues essentially back on that track. Right. To, to give you a little bit more time. Recharge it for one round mm-hmm. or so. So you can recharge for maybe two rounds tops. There are some cards that allow you to pick up discarded cubes and put them back on the thing mm-hmm. if you are lucky enough to get those cards. Yeah. And um man, it's fun. I'll tell you what, so we played this game, I think, five times now, and we've won once. I was just thinking, I was just trying to remember how many is it. I, I, yeah, I think it was five. But it's it's one of those games where we haven't done this, but once the game is over, you're like, okay, I'm ready to go again. Mm-hmm. Like I could, I could definitely do two or three of these games in a row. Especially if, well, you lose. if we didn't win. Yeah. yeah. yeah if yeah. we didn't win, I'd be like, okay, don't touch it. Right. <laughs> don't well, jinx it. It's what I like about it is it's scalable in difficulty. Definitely. Um, we've, that's awesome. We've played, we haven't even played it on the most difficult. And what happens is based on the amount of players and also how difficult you want to be, it tells you how many patients you have to solve or patients you have to save. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like I think if you're playing on training with four players, you have to save 11. I maybe. think that's what it was. And so, once you do that, then you can go up in, in difficulty and you have more patience to, to save. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really like that. Um, I like, you know, you talked about once you put the die down and you can't pick it up, that's key to this game because it would be so easy to be like, oh, you know, my dice is not very well served here. I'm going to pick it up and put it over here. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. No. Nope. And that's what makes it so difficult because, like you said, you know, you're trying, trying to coordinate with multiple other people. They're trying to focus on what they're doing. And it's just like all these thoughts and, oh, do you have an orange over here? No, I need, I've got a red. No, I need a pink. You know, it's all this shouting. It gets real exciting, especially as that timer drop goes down. Well, even just where you are sitting in relation to the board. True. If you have a patient right there in front of you, you are, I will admit, you are more prone, more apt to start putting dice down on the patient yeah. that's directly in front of you. Because mm-hmm. I, I don't know how many times we've played it in um after the timer goes up and we start looking around at everything, and then I go, there's a patient over there that this last die that's in mm-hmm. my hand could have gone on. Because that's the thing we're also very strict of. Once the timer's up, no, no more. Right. You cannot. Because I know that's the most frustrating thing to Spencer is when there are dice left over. Dice left over. And and I say <laughs> dice more than one. Like, we've had games where... Oh, and it's, that last game we played yeah, was the worst. It's, it's not necessarily the person's fault. It's just they can't make their dice work. And so you'll have games where you have four dice, four or five dice left over. It's like, ah, this is a waste. Mm-hmm. We, these, we are not optimizing where our dice can go. Well, and, and what stinks about it, and I think that that was part of what made us so frustrated was we had each re-rolled once. Yeah. And we still didn't get what we needed because mm-hmm. there is a limited amount of how many times you can re-roll. Exactly. In the game. And depending again, upon how many players you have. Yes. And so um we had all we'd met the quota. We couldn't re-roll again and we still had these dice sitting in front of us and they didn't fit anywhere. Yeah. Well, and I'll say, so t- let's talk about player accounts. We haven't played at one player. We've done two, three, four. We haven't done. Did five we do yet. two players? Yes, we haven't done five. So that oof. That would be even <laughs> yeah. But so I'll say, with this being a cooperative game, I think this is great as a two-player game. Yeah, uh, for couples. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- I think that it this is a great one to have in your collection because it scales so well with player counts. It does give you that opportunity to play by yourself. If you know you're looking for a game, maybe your spouse is not. Wanted to play a game that night? Well, break out, uh, break out Flatline. You can play it by yourself. And I think the length is just oh, right. Oh, the length is perfect. It doesn't outstay. It's welcome. No. Um, you, but I it's mean, not so short that you're like, I barely got to do anything. Well, what I like about this game is, like you mentioned, the in-game timer. It's not just, okay, how long does it take you to to save these this many patients? Or some games, you know, this, this is mainly in competitive games, but, you know, first person to 20 points. That could last a long time. Mm-hmm. But this one has a very finite amount of turns. Well, I mean, just like 
real life, though. I mean, <laughs> they can only stay alive so long without help, without medical intercession. And they can so only you got to get it soon. They can only stay alive so long. That should be the tagline for this game. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, for Moss, what do you what do you give Flatline? Oh, well, just just it's, thumbs up. Okay, I, was, I thought you were going numerical. Oh yeah, definitely thumbs up. Yeah, I mean two I was thumbs like, up. Can we give it a ten? <laughs> it's, I mean, it's close. Mm-hmm. Nine or ten. I I think that definitely definitely recommend this one for sure. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't like tension in your games, it's this is not one for you. Yeah. I, you oh have, yeah. This is definitely a thematic. This is a Marathrash game through and through. Mm-hmm. I think of it's tense. It's it's so. Um, it's so story driven mm-hmm. and um, high stakes. Yeah, yeah, and just again, you're doing all this stuff in a minute. All, but I do like how, you know, like in something like Escape from the Curse of the Temple, or even Infuse, from what I've read, your whole game is timed right mm-hmm. with it with an actual timer, um, and so you're at constantly fighting a. Constantly fighting the clock. But with, with this, this one, there are breaks, so you have that minute period of stress. And then you have those times, okay, then you, you take a break to resolve where you place your dice. Well, you also get like a planning session yeah. as yeah. much as you can. Yeah, to plan, okay, what are our priorities? Yeah, so because you cannot plan for dice rolls. I yeah. can, I tell you what, there was one time that you, I had seven dice and I think four or five of them were all orange. Yeah. And we did not need that many orange. Yeah, so this this gives you really good breaks from that stress. It's still stressful, but does give you a chance to breathe and I really appreciate that. Maybe it just kind of, this might be a good win to kind of build up to those that are a lot maybe, more stressful, maybe. like Escape, Curse of the Temple, or dare I say something like Space Alert. Space Alert. Oof. <laughs> yeah, but uh, definitely recommend Flatline from Renegade Games. Mm-hmm. That was, yeah, so glad we did that. Me too. Also, on this same trip, we decided to try another round of... Escape the Room games, didn't we? We did. Let's tag team this one. So we've talked about Exit the Game, and that's what Jeremy is getting for his uh, for his prize. But this time, we wanted to try the Unlock series from Space Cowboys. And this one, I was a little hesitant about trying this one based on what I had heard. I was really pleased with our experience with Exit. Not because of time stories? Well, let's not even talk about the game that shall not be named. <laughs> But um, just just what I heard, there was like, they're talking about how in Unlock, you combine two cars and you add them up and you enter into the app and see if it's it's right. That didn't sound fun to me, adding and, and doing all that. I was like, well, that sounds very mechanical almost. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't sound fun. But we gave it a try because, again, these things are very cheap. And it's just a deck of cards. And so the one we did was the Island of Dr. Goers. Gorse? Gorse, whatever. I don't, yeah. We happened to choose the one with the highest difficulty rating. It That, that was all me, because Spencer well, it, gave me the choice. Yeah. And we had just, okay, we had just done the abandoned cabin mm-hmm. and uh, the Pharaoh's tomb. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to do another Egyptian one. Yeah. And that's what I had to choose between for unlock was an Egyptian one in this island and a lab. And there are so many lab escape yeah. rooms. So I was like, well, let's do something different. Yeah. Let's do this island, even though, come to find out, it does have some Egyptians. <laughs> so the premise of this one is you've been dropped off on this island. and With no, ex- like, yeah. just a rich friend said, hey, let's go here for vacation in the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. And you get just dropped on this place and you got to get out yeah so we don't want to give anything away obviously Mm -mm. let's talk about you know how this one works again we can talk about the the um intro the warm-up that they gave us which first right off the bat space cowboys thank you for that i I appreciate yeah there's a really short warm-up tutorial tutorial it's perfect it's basically like you don't even need to read the rules just do no yes you do i think you do but they say (laughs) that you can just dive into this this tutorial and it teaches you how to play. But anyway, we did that. Laura breezed through that. I didn't even get a chance to. Um, I did not realize. No, no, it's it. fine. It was great because I was like, "All right, we're going to do good." Um, <laughs> <clears throat> no, and so, but yeah. So what this is, it, it really is just a deck of cards, and you get an app. It tells you at the very beginning what cards you start with. Mm-hmm. 
um, because they are numbered backs. Yeah. Some of them are lettered backs. Some of them are colored. Yes. Um, And uh, you get a red card, which is usually something that's locked. And you get a, a card with a blue icon on it, and that's a modifier. And um, you find out a way to put those together and add those numbers together at the top. And you enter that number into the app, and it tells you yay or nay. And if it's yay, it tells you which cards, the next cards you can take from the deck to help Mm -hmm. you continue on. So what I like to think of it as, yeah, you can think of it as you've got a card, and then you've got another card, and you add them together. But if you really do get into the theme of it, you have cards that are like locks, and you have things that might be able to unlock those locks. And you figure out the best combinations of these two things like you would in an escape room you find a key over here oh does that go to this lock no it doesn't Mm -hmm. you find a combination to this thing over here add them together do those work no it must be something else what happens when they don't work well if they don't work then you get a deduction on your timer there's a penalty so you like we've already said you take those numbers and you enter them into the phone Mm -hmm. and um it and it leads you to a new card. Mm-hmm. Or or no, that's not what it is. You don't enter them into the phone. You add the numbers together to find the next card and you look at it. Sometimes there are codes, but then there are sometimes it's just you right. add the two numbers together and you get a new card that's that number. That's right. The yeah. total. And if you get the wrong one, that's when you get your penalty and you have to hit a certain button on the app and that takes two minutes off of mm-hmm. your time. So they give you 60 minutes to get through and it is a countdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, which is different from exit. Right. And then also if you used clues, hints, mm-hmm. use hints, <laughs> it takes away from your time, your score at the end. Right. And the way you use a hint is, um, there's a certain button on the app mm-hmm. and you enter the number on the card on that one card and it'll just give you a little, Boost. a little blurb. And I'll be honest. Most of those didn't help me. <laughs> they just, they were like, this does not help me at all. Um, one, I don't know if I'd call this a complaint, one difficult thing, and it really depends on the kind of person, is there are times where you have to lay these cards out and try to envision a number based on, it's mm-hmm. it's not an actual number, but you kind of have to look at, say, the scenery or something and try to see if it makes a number out of the scenery. Yeah. And so if you're not good at, like, envisioning numbers abstractly, um, that's... I kind of took the the lead on those particular puzzles. I was not for the, I could not for the life of mm. me see what Spencer was seeing in these. Yeah. So we did this one two player. I don't know. I think maybe that you can. They say you can play these two to six. I don't think I would have more than four maximum because again you've got these little cards. You don't want a bunch of people sitting around the table saying, "Oh, let me look at that. Let me look at that." Mm-hmm. I think it would have been good for us to have maybe two more people to help us have more brains. Mm-hmm. Um, so we ended up, I think it took us like a hundred over a hundred minutes to do this one. I don't think so. I think it only took us like 67 minutes. No, it was like, it was like at least an hour and 20 minutes. Really? Yeah. At least. Well, then that would be 80. Yeah. I was thinking, I just, I saw a one and like a two. So an hour and 20 minutes. So the reason he says that, even with the countdown timer, is that the app continues. You're, even though it counts down to zero, it can it keeps going. You don't just give up and the right. game's over. And I do appreciate that. Yes, you keep going. And you still try to get out of there. And it's still keeping track. And um, I just got to say, you should keep going. Keep don't going. Stop. Oh, yeah. Don't stop. Um, and, it, and find the end. Uh, and it can still tabulate your score based on that. Which it's it's, a, it's like a star system. It's a star system when we got zero stars out of possible five. Yes, <laughs> we got five on the tutorial. Yeah, we got zero. We used so many because it also takes into account not only how much time you go over time, but also how many hints you mm-hmm. use. Yeah. Well, I'll say I enjoyed doing this one with you. I really did. Um, this was a difficult one. I, it was. We very do need difficult. to go and do the Pharaoh one yeah. now. I you said no more than four. I mm-hmm. say no less than four. Okay. On this. So maybe um, four is the sweet spot? I, I, It would have to be. Of course, we haven't done it, yeah. so we don't know. On top of the player count suggestion you were talking about, you know, if somebody's comparing this review to what we talked about in Exit, um, in Exit you kind of have to do one puzzle at a time. Kind of. There, there are times when you can kind of separate. 
and but overlap. I, but I, I see what you're saying. One Those, one puzzle kind of leads to the other. Yeah, it was very sequential, mm-hmm. it felt like. And Unlock is not like that. Mm-hmm. So I do say that that's an advantage this game has to when you're playing with several people. Yeah. That there are several things to do. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to be a... We're going to sit over here and wait, and then when they figure that out, that's going to tell me the answer that will help me figure out my puzzle. Right. That Good does point. happen sometimes. Yeah. But a lot of things, it's just, just go. Right. Good <laughs> Start point. looking around. Uh, another thing this has over Exit is that it is replayable for other people. Yes, there was no destruction No destructing. Uh, you can reset the cards in order. Mm-hmm. And um, you can pass this along. Obviously, you know the, the puzzles and the answers, so you probably can't play this again. Maybe you could try again in a year. <laughs> but you could pass it on to somebody else and have them go through it, which That's is exactly, what we did. Yeah, we did that. Uh, yeah. Spencer went through and got all the, cord- the cards back in order. And uh, we have some friends who they've never even been to an escape room. Yeah. And we passed this on to them. And um, we're excited to hear what they have to say about it. Yeah, they're they are extremely intelligent people. Yeah. So, so they, they also have some other people they could play with. Right. So let me ask you, can you put one? So we've played Escape Room the Game, Exit the Game, and Unlock. Can you put one system over the other? I think they're just so different. They are. I think I can definitely put Escape Room the game at the bottom, not because of it, not because it's bad, but I just think these are a little bit more clever in the way that they do the puzzles. Hmm. To each his own. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. They are so different, and I, I appreciate the. The I com- think it's genius. The- I mean, they they all are so creative yeah. in the way they do this. I appreciate the compactness of Unlock, that it is just that deck of cards in an app. It works very well, seamlessly. And um, I, I, recommend, I recommend them all, really. Mm-hmm. They're all great. And it, it kind of depends on what you're looking for. If you want to be able to use it again, pass it along, get Unlock. But if you don't care, if you like to destroy things, go for Exit. <laughs> if you want a one game that has several escape rooms in it, get Escape Room the game. Mm-hmm. It's got a cool uh, decoder box thing in it. <laughs> so that was Unlock. The Island of Dr. Gorse from Space Cowboys. Finally, uh, the last game we want to talk about today. Finally! Um... I was going to try to do something clever and funny, but I couldn't think of anything. Is Near and Far <laughs> from Red Raven Games. This is... And our review of this just went up it on did. the Dice Tower. It did. Um, so if you would like a more visual of our review, of our thoughts on this game, go check it out on the Dice Tower's YouTube channel or on our website, marriedwithbg.com. But this is Near and Far, the latest from Red Raven Games. And uh, this is a sequel of sorts to Above and Below. Mm-hmm. Now, you've heard us talk about Above and Below before. If you have not listened to that episode, go back and check it out. We also did a live playthrough of Above and Below, which is on our YouTube channel. So yeah, check it out. on Tabletop Day. Yeah, so go check that out. Now, this one, people are going to be asking, you know, how does it compare? So we'll get to that. But I at least want to go over the premise of the game. In this one, you are adventurers going on an adventure in search for essentially these treasures stuff and yeah (laughs) like you do yeah and uh the goal of each game is to get the most points i forget the what the exact word is it's like it's not prestige points no it it doesn't really matter because it's just really just points but we we haven't played it in a little bit so it it escapes me right now and it's not fresh yeah so anyway what you're doing is you are in a town and you're going to go out adventuring across um, a specific area of this what they call an atlas. And so in town, you can do certain things like add people to your traveling party. You can go mining and search for gold and jewels. You can go do some trading. You can go get some treasure. You can go get a pack bird that helps you carry your treasure. Um, Lots of different things you can do in this town. And once you feel like you're really equipped to go exploring, to go on this journey, you can leave town and you come out onto this beautiful atlas, this map that has trails, these spaces you go out on. And out there, you're going to do certain things like have encounters where you go read from a storybook, um, which is like a little blip, a little blurb of, of of text that tells you what's going on at this location that you're at. Interesting. Sounds familiar. Yes. Just like above and below. Although there are some differences. We'll get to that here in a second. And you can also go 
conquer trade routes. You can go set up trade routes. You can go fight some threats. Lots of lots of different things you can do out on this atlas. And the reason why it's called an atlas is because there are several different pages in this thing. And so you can play different locations because this game is also a campaign style game. So you go from one map to the next in each chapter that you play of this campaign. So that's essentially what you're doing. You're acquiring these artifacts that give you points. Uh, the tents, whenever you put down a tent on the, on the map, you're getting points. Whenever you fight these threats in the form of bandits, that kind of thing, you're getting points. Lots of different ways you can get points. But essentially the first person to put all their tents out. Yes. That signals end of game. And right. then you total up your points after that. There are also artifacts in your hand. Um, that are signified on cards that you can use whatever resources you've acquired, coins, jewels, um, bread, whatever, to purchase those. And those are worth points as well. And there are added benefits from those to help you on your journey. Right. But if you don't purchase them and they're still in your hand at the end of the game, you lose points for them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's the basic overview of the game. I mentioned you can play campaign mode. You can also play character mode. This is more focused on developing a character. You can play arcade mode, which are more like one and done type things where um, the the book of encounters is replaced by a deck of cards that are just real basic choices. Do you do this or do you do that um, on the map whenever you have those encounters? Um, but there's there's a lot of options when you're playing this game, a lot to this game. So let me get into some of my thoughts, some of the things I like. I like that these encounters that you that you encounter are very unique, particular to the map, the location on the map where you go. So if you're on the map by, say, a cave, well, the encounter that you're going to have is directly linked to that location on the map. Mm-hmm. So you have an encounter that's like, you're in this cave. What do you do if you stumble? Whatever. You get what I'm going for. Uh, it's not just random like it is in above, and, in above and Below. But in Above and Below, they're all in Below. That's true. So everything happens in a cave. Right. Um, I like, I mentioned in, you're building a party. So you, you have different factions of people that you're putting in your party. You can only have one of each. And some of them will be better than others. And so you have this, you want to optimize the people in your party. So if you get one person, you're like, ah, this person's not really helping me out very much. You can go back to town, say, see ya, get somebody else and replace them. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also start the game with a doggy. You can start with a dog or, or a cat, cat if you want to. Um, <laughs> I now, don't like cats. No, you don't. Now, we've played just the basic mode, and we're about to start our campaign, so we're really excited about that. But just on the surface, I think this is a very well-done game. I think it's a great successor to Above and Below. I personally like it better than Above and Below. I think it's deeper. I think it's more thematic. I think it offers more choices. And um, I just I find myself thinking more and trying to make more decisions than I did in, in Above and Below. Laura, what are your thoughts? No. I, um, Above and Below is a great game to me, and I, I don't guess I've played enough yet of Near and Far. Uh, I just, at this point, it doesn't beat Above and Below for me. I won't say that Near and Far is bad and that I don't like it and that Mm -hmm. it's worse than Above and Below. It's just that I am, I, I think I've really got my mind totally wrapped around above and below and I know all the ins and outs of it and I don't know everything. I don't know all those cool little things about near and far the way I do about the other game. Mm-hmm. And so it's just going to have to be me getting to know it more. Yeah. Possibly. But at this point, they're just two different games mm-hmm. to me. I get that. Now, I will say that one of the great things about this game, and you might not see this as a great thing, is the the level of player interaction. It's there. It's not too complicated too much to where someone's going to mess you up. Um, You can pretty much do your own thing. Now, some things everybody else does might mess you up a little bit, but it's not real like take there. There are no take that elements in this game. For example, you can duel somebody. If you want to go to the same space that they're on in the city, in town. Yeah, that's a, well, that's just a basic tenant of the game is you cannot be on the same space as another player Mm -hmm. in town. Unless you duel. Right. Now, the thing about dueling is the person that initiates the duel, they could have a bad a bad outcome. If they lose the duel, they have to go to jail for a little bit. But the person that's the target of the duel, nothing bad happens to them. So you don't have to worry about you know hurting somebody's feelings. Even if you duel them and, and they lose, they're not going to be, why would you do that? 
You know, there, there's no really negative ramifications for them. I don't know. I personally, when you come at me and you fight dirty, <laughs> I say, I'll remember that. I, I see you. Because you can fight dirty or you can fight honorably. Mm-hmm. If you fight dirty, you get extra uh, points to your, your check, your roll. Uh, but if you if you win your, your roll, if you win the duel, you lose a reputation point. Mm-hmm. And if you lose, something bad happens to you, right? Well, regardless if you're fighting dirty or honorably, you go to jail. <laughs> so, um, so me personally, um, I, I love it. I'm so excited to explore the campaign. Um, but I think, I think that's all I have to say about it. Uh, great artwork. Laura mentioned that it's not as colorful as something like Above and Below or Islebound, mm-hmm. right? It's not. And that's the, what I expect of those games. Yeah. That the, these beautiful motifs that really conjure that landscape. And um, I say this in the review, you start out close to Above. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like the above and above and below to me. I think um, I think it's intentional, and I'm not trying to defend. I'm just trying to get into the mind of. I think it's intentional of later on in the campaign, you do go into more desert style locales, mm-hmm. and so like that's reflected on the box art on the on the cards, and the cards are more of this orangeish brown style color. Yeah. Um, also, like to kind of re- reflect distant locales like up in the mountains or something with with like paper old paper and that kind of thing right it's just on our sh- on our game shelf mm-hmm. next to those games we also have um another artifacts inc yeah and that artwork is still beautiful to me yeah. even though it's that same kind of color scheme mm-hmm. it's just i don't know what it is about it that it's like Hmm. That looks blah to me. I get what you're saying. It's definitely not as colorful and vibrant as the others. Mm-hmm. I still think the execution is well. well yeah, done. yeah. Definitely. Well, that about sums up our thoughts on Near and Far from Red Raven Games. To see our discussion about different things with the appearance as well as like characters that you can play, your character that you play as, um, and your recruits for your party and all that. Again, be sure to check out our review. Yes. We show you on there and we do a nice, co- we discuss those in our conversation yeah it's our longest review ever at 28 minutes so we are you you're scaring people away no no that's that's a good thing because we talk and kind of go over more in depth how the game works good good all right let's move on shall we so yeah i mean people have been waiting for this for a few episodes now yes so this is our new new segment the one that we've been teasing for like you said for a while yeah all right so let's introduce this laura what is this segment called This is called Board Game Trailers. All right. So the premise of this is, this is not a trailer to give you an idea of the board game. This is, imagine a board game that does not deserve to have a movie made about it. And imagine that we made a movie about it. (laughs) Yes. And so we've made a trailer about it. And so you're going to... Over the course of the next several segments that we do for this, you're going to hear us pick a game that has no business being a movie, and then we're going to envision it as a movie, and maybe not even in the genre that it should be in. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, for example, we're going to start off, uh, kick this segment off with... Hungry. Hungry. Hippos. It began as a typical day at the zoo. Mommy, mommy, look over there. Yeah, baby, those are hippos. (laughs) But it wasn't a typical day at the zoo. Hey, Frank, have you noticed anything different about the hippos? What do you mean, Beth? Ever since that radioactive satellite fell into their enclosure last night, it seems like they haven't stopped eating. I mean, look, they've been fed five times now, and they've moved on to the decorations. The fake trees have been consumed. There's nothing left of the artificial rocks. What's next? The enclosure walls? Eh, I think you're overreacting. They're probably just hitting a growth spurt. All eight of them? At the same time? (laughs) They've eaten their way out of the enclosure. And they're still eating. Now a place for family outing has become a place of family terror. (gasps) Mommy! Jessica, where are you? 
Get the tranquilizers. They're heading for the exit. We have to stop them before they get out and eat everybody in the city. Uh, the tranquilizers aren't working. They're still eating. I'm going to try at closer range. Beth, get back. One's coming right for you. Ah! No! Get off of her! The zookeepers won't be enough. Mr. Mayor, we have a situation. What is it, Johnson? The hippos from the zoo have escaped and are eating everything in their path, including citizens of your town. Why can't you stop them? We've tried, sir, but the hippos... They're just so hungry. Johnson, get the situation under control now while there's still people left to protect. <laughs> Dear God, we weren't prepared for this. Who will be able to stop these hungry, hungry hippos? Mr. Mayor! Johnson! Mommy! Jessica! <laughs> Okay, that was awesome. What do you think? <laughs> this was so much fun to make. And yeah. even just from the time you first mentioned it, I was like, all right, mm -hmm. yes, I am in. This is going to be awesome. Now, of course, I know they do something like this, like on Prairie Home Companion or something. There's some radio show on NPR that they do this kind of thing, these goofy trailers mm -hmm. that are audio. But, I mean, we've personalized it to board games. Yep. And... <laughs> <laughs> this was fun. And of course, we're already racking our brains for the next one. Yeah. So we got a, got a suggestion from our, our mutual friend, Andrew from the Family Gamers. He suggested snakes and ladders. Said I've had, I had, There's too I've, many snakes on, on this lad. Yeah, exactly. I like snakes on a plane. So that might be one coming down the line. Um, but we want to give a shout out to the fabulous cast oh, of yeah. this show. Um, first of all, the video, the trailer announcer voice man is our friend Lynn Marshall. You recognize his voice from the top of our podcast. Yeah. Uh, Lynn does is a, is a voiceover artist that's yeah, a professional he, oh yeah he is the the pro yeah so thank you lynn next in line was little jessica and that was our daughter emma yeah you've heard her talk you've heard us talk about her a lot and so, make, so making her uh debut of acting with lines she's been on stage before but never with lines so <laughs> and then uh, jessica's mother was played by our friend jennifer yes wonderful uh friend of the podcast yes and her husband was also. Yes, her husband was uh, Johnson. <laughs> Johnson. And then uh, you might have recognized Zookeeper Beth and the other zookeeper as myself and Laura. Yeah. And then finally, the mayor we mentioned uh, was Andrew from the Family Gamers. Right. Another friend of the podcast. E and excited to give voice acting a try. So thank you, everybody, for, for being a part of that. We hope you all enjoyed it. And if you have a suggestion for a game. Now, again, here's here's the criteria for this. It can't be something like Elder Sign or Eldritch Horror. That the, that a movie would make sense right. of. <laughs> Hungry Hunger Hippos. I mean, it's like what they were trying to do with Battleship and with Monopoly, you know. Yeah. Like it's got to be one of those games that just. That's what we talked about of, you know, they tried to make. They made that Battleship movie. Mm -hmm. Do you guys remember the Battleship movie? Yeah. Rihanna was in that thing. And hey, then, but Liam Neeson was in it. So. And Liam Neeson, Alexander Skarsgård. And um, also, following up to that, there were talks of a Monopoly movie. Yeah, that never happened. It never happened. Maybe For a good reason. we would have to make it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So we have different genres to play with. So if you have an idea... For another board game trailer segment, tweet to us. I'm feeling a rom-com. That would be awesome. We need to find a terrible rom-com. Mm -hmm. Like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, yes. <laughs> okay. Stop. You're, you're giving away okay, all of our... Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, because we don't want it to be too obvious Yeah, to we, we want it to be a surprise every time we do it. Mm -hmm. So, that was board game trailers. Let's move into a tried and true segment with 
Game nine grab. Mmm. All right, so this time, uh, this is a recipe that I actually made a few weeks ago, but we had to cut it for our awesome uh, interview with Jason Katarski of Green Couch Games. Um, so without further ado, uh, we had some, what did we have? <laughs> <laughs> we had chicken Parmesan sliders. This recipe came to me from homemadeinterest.com, and it's something I found on Pinterest. Com. Basically what it is, is you make like a grilled cheese or not a grilled cheese, grilled chicken kind of par- chicken Parmesan on sliders and uh, bake them in the oven. And that's it. Um, these are relatively quick. You can make them ahead of time and then put them in the oven when it's convenient. Like we've talked about before of maybe if there's, if you've got several games planned for a night um, in between games while everybody else is putting up a game and then setting up the new one you can go pop these in the oven and they don't take that long to bake and and bring them right back out and everybody can eat and then you can go on to the next game pretty quick and easy mm-hmm. um chicken tomato sauce cheese garlic mm, yeah. more cheese mm-hmm. some butter mix some cheese into the butter put it on top of the bread all good stuff good stuff okay so you mentioned that this is probably good for between games. Mm-hmm. Not at the table, though, right? Right. Um, I say that because uh, the kind of chicken that you're using is like a shredded chicken, mm-hmm. so it can fall out of the buns easy, and you would hate. I would hate for that to fall on our table. Please don't. Um, also, like I mentioned, butter. There's yeah. lots of butter and, and in chives and cheese. Oh, not ch- chives. I'm sorry. It's parsley and cheese on the top of the buns, and that will get all over your hands. Yeah. And so it's probably just best, I don't know that a napkin, because it's so greasy, you would need to wash your hands before you go back to the game table with this. So this is definitely a between game grub. Right. But they're small, Mm -hmm. quick to eat, but nice and filling. We ate them for a meal. We did. Yeah. So my verdict, I enjoyed these very much. I think that you and um, Segan, our cast member of Hungry Hungry Hippos, mentioned that your favorite parts were... Um, the recipe re- highly recommends fresh mozzarella. Yeah, that was the winner of this thing. That's was the mozzarella? That's what made it. Right? Yeah, that's really what made it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think they're great. Like you said, they're they're easy to munch on. Not munch might not be the right word. They're easy to just you know grab in your hand, eat, be done with it, quick. Um, and I think they're great. A great addition to game night grub. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you would like the full recipe, where can they find that? Um, homemadeinterest.com. We all have it just on our website. You can go to our website, marriedwithbg.com, and we'll have the recipe linked there. Yes, we will. In our show notes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep, In our just, show notes. Yep. Just there. And so, um, again, that's chicken Parmesan sliders from homemadeinterest.com. Okay, time for another news segment. I just kind of went crazy with these these ideas for new stuff. Cause well, this is, is when you just sprung on me today. Yeah. So I was kind of – I haven't we haven't really dived deep into our, our um, results from the survey. But I was noticing a trend that a good majority, actually a vast majority of people, not only want to be informed from their podcasts, but they want to be entertained mm-hmm. too. So we had the idea for the trailers long ago, but this one, I was like, okay, what else can we do to entertain people? So I saw this on Jimmy Fallon. I also got this idea from another podcast, not gaming related. It's actually called the Drabblecast, which is kind of like, I don't know, like HP Lovecraft stories and that kind of thing. But this is <laughs> Rulebook Mad Libs. So how does that work on the HP Lovecraft? <laughs> they just took a a chunk of text from a Lovecraft story and, <laughs> and Mad Lib. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yes, yes. Oh my gosh, I gotta hear that. Yeah. So um, we're gonna do this. I have taken a in this edition. We're gonna do Islebound because it's one of my favorite games. Mm-hmm. And um, I took a section of, of the rule book out, and um, Laura's gonna go through. She's gonna give us the words. And then we're going to read the result. Oh, good. Okay. And we're going to do this all real time. So if you hear shuffling, that's what's going on. Okay. All right. So let's see. Okay. So don't look at what I look. Don't look at my paper. Not looking. Okay. Now the goal here, Laura, is to give me words that as far as you 
know aren't necessarily related to board gaming. That's okay. where this work will, will work the best. Yeah, it would help if I didn't know what game we were doing. Okay, well, you don't know what section of the rule book I'm doing either. True. So I could be doing the intro. I could be doing anything. All right, so I need a verb. Skipping. Okay, I need a noun. Um, oh, my word. A spatula. Another noun. Oh, gosh. I'm just thinking of the kitchen because we just didn't give nine crumb. How about loofah? I'll, I'll go out of the kitchen. How about okay. the end of the show? Uh, I need an adjective. Sparkling. Okay, I need another noun. Um, goggles. All right, another noun. Okay. Um, Play-Doh. And the same noun. I'll write that down again. And the same noun. Okay, another adjective. Oh, uh, rancid. <laughs> uh, verb ending in S. Um, plummets. Another noun? Uh, <laughs> so. Verb? Coughing. Uh, not ing. Coughs. Not with an s. Cough. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sneeze. <laughs> okay, sneeze. That'll work. Sure. Uh, adjective. Dastardly. Or is that an adverb? No, it's an adjective. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's an adjective. Okay. Noun? Oh my goodness. Almost done. Shoelace. Same noun. Same noun. Another, another noun? Trophy. Preposition. <laughs> Let's see. Against. Noun. I'm sorry, no. This is the same noun, so. And another noun. Uh, radio. Okay, are you ready? <laughs> we'll see. Okay. All right. So this is from the Islebound rule book. Okay. From the section about movement. Okay. The first thing a player must do on their turn is skip their ship. The player may move up to the speed of their spatula, indicated. <laughs> move up to the speed of their spatula, indicated on the loofah at the top right of the player's <laughs> shipboard, but must move at least one space. Each speed allows the player to move from one region to a sparkling region. The player may not return to the goggles in which they started on the same turn. Seaboards and ports are separated into Play-Doh. Each seaboard contains three adjacent Play-Doh. <laughs> Each seaport counts as one Play-Doh. <laughs> the edges of each seaboard and seaport tile count as boundaries when moving. The rancid line running through the middle of each seaboard counts as boundary of regions. If a player's ship plummets its movement in a region occupied by another soap, the player must sneeze one of their crew <laughs> with the dastardly symbol. To exhaust the crew, the player moves the crew token from on shoelace on their shipboard to below shoelace, <laughs> which is the area with hammocks below shoelace. <laughs> If the player cannot do this, they cannot end their movement in a region occupied by another trophy. A player may, however, move against a region occupied by another trophy as long as they don't end their radio there. <laughs> the end. Yay! Oh, Mad Libs. <laughs> so that was Rulebook Mad Libs. <sighs> So if you like that or if you don't. We want some feedback. <laughs> if you don't. thought it was funny, let us know. If you thought it was stupid, let us know. Yeah. And we'll stop it. <laughs> yeah. We'll keep it going. Okay. Spencer gets a kick out of this kind of stuff, do. so he doesn't care. I, <laughs> I'll do it with or, with or without the podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, moving on, let's get to our topic of the show. And this won't be a very long discussion, I don't feel like. But I do want to kind of touch on this because I've seen this as I've been perusing social media. Well, especially nowadays, right now, we're in, we're in June, coming up on July. 
This is con season. This is con season, yes. And so, because of con season, because of social media, you have thousands of people posting on social media about their experiences, about their pictures, all the games they're playing, all the games that they are taking home from these cons. It's very easy for someone to get con envy. Mm -hmm. So, what is con envy? Well... Convent envy is when you're envious of people going to cons. I kind of see it almost as like um, FOMO, fear of missing out. Oh, yeah. That, Definitely. Um, they're seeing all these pictures of everything and going, I want to do that too. Yeah. Oh, totally. And and I get that. I mean, it's... It's definitely a real thing, and this is not to definitely. This is not to make light of that. You know, there are people, myself included, that you know, it's it's very easy to just say, "Man, those people look like they're having so much fun." Yeah, I'd give anything to be there. You know, if only I had the money, or if I only had the time, or or the resources to get to the, to more of these cons where all these people are having so much fun, my life would be so much better. You know. That's that's the thoughts that sometimes can come through your mind. So, Laura, let me ask you. I've mentioned that I have felt these feelings before. Have you ever gotten con envy? No. No. Okay. <laughs> well, like I said, this will be a short discussion. <laughs> what, what, is, there, is there any reason why you can, can identify that, that you don't? Um, mostly because I look at... I'm sorry. I don't want it to sound hateful of me, but I look at these and go, if you're having so much fun, why did you stop the fun to take a picture? Mm -hmm. I find a lot of times when we're having a blast, mm -hmm. I don't realize that I never captured a moment of it in a picture until the end of the day. Right. Oh, why are these, why are you taking all these pictures? Why aren't you just diving in and totally immersing yourself in the experience? Mm -hmm. Um, that's just the kind of person I am though. There right. are some people who are, they're more mindful of those things and go, I want to preserve this with a picture. Um, like that's unfortunately a problem for me that we don't have that many pictures of our family and, and important events because I'm so invested in the moment I forget to get out my camera but I also at the same time feel like it's disconnecting me from the moment yeah and so that's my thing and so I look at it and I go you're obviously not having that much fun if you think it's more important to pull your camera out and take pictures of it instead of enjoying what you're doing mm -hmm. you know like I can see that thought process you know some of these people could be taking the pictures and then posting them later but you're still getting the camera out right mm-hmm yeah. that, that's just my personal thought process though and that's just what I feel. I could be totally wrong about mm -hmm. all this. And I, and like I said, I don't want it to sound ugly and hateful. Mm -hmm. I just, that's, that's just my thing. And, you know, like the only reason I ever get the camera out and take a picture of a board game is because you're reading over the rules real quick before you make sure we've got it all right or anything yeah. where there's a break and mm -hmm. there's nothing happening. And, and maybe that's exactly what's happening at those cons too, but I don't know. Okay. So we have we've heard both sides, you and me. We're different on this one. Do you think it's wrong to have those feelings? I can't tell somebody that they're what they're feeling is wrong, wrong necessarily. Do you I what I would say is that it's your perception that's your perception. However, I don't like that you feel that way. Right. Um I'm sure that those people aren't wanting you to feel that way. They're not, I don't think they're trying to make anybody jealous of them. If they are shame on them mm -hmm. and what a terrible person, but I highly doubt that. Um, I think it's more of that people who feel that, who do feel that con envy, you, you probably need to reprioritize things in your life. <laughs> well, I think, I mean, it's, I've heard this, um, I'll, I'll give credit to to Tom Vassell. He says, everything looks fun when you're not a part of it. Mm -hmm. And you don't know. And to, cons may not even be your thing. You know, that may not be, you may think it's awesome. And then you get there. Oh my gosh, there's so many people. There's so much stuff to do. I can't even prioritize. So what am I supposed to do? That might not even be your thing without yeah, even I having I kind of feel there. like that's what's going to happen to me. <laughs> well, we'll see. At Dice Tower Con. Yeah. But, um, so, you know, it's... I. 
I can't say that, it, like you said, it's, you can't say that it's wrong for you to have those feelings, but you can say that it might be kind of a, a harmful thing to sit on those. You know, if you sit, find yourself feeling envious and, and depressed that you're not with everybody that's having, in, in your mind, having fun, that means it's time to get out of that and not live in that that mindset. You can have fun here too. Yeah. So that's, let's get to our next point on this. How can you deal with con envy? Yeah. Okay. So first of all, tell yourself again, you're not there. There's nothing you can do about that. Mm-hmm. You can't change the situation. It's like we've talked about before and in other topics, comparison is the thief of joy. Yes. You can only do what you can do. Yeah. If you don't have the budget to do it, that's great that you've prioritized your your money, that mm-hmm. you haven't spent the money that you don't have to go to something like this. True. Um, Preach. <laughs> if you um, don't have the time, if you've got a job that you've got to be at home for, if you've got a family that you've got to be, be there for, that's more important than board games. Yes. And playing games with other people. Mm-hmm. One day, maybe you can get to one of these cons. You know, if, if that's a goal for you, then work towards that and start, start now. If you can't make it this year, start working towards it now. So this, I, I think it's great for everybody to at least experience it once, to have that experience, at least, you know, try to work towards it. But again, if you can't, then you can't. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't live anywhere near these cons and it's just not feasible for you to travel. Well, then have your own con, <laughs> you know, have some friends over. Like what we did the whole weekend of Origins. We played games. Yeah. Not at Origins. We played games at home with... Well, even Con away from Con. Yeah. We had our own Con. We couldn't go to BGG Con, so we went to the game store and played games all day. Yeah. So, you know, if you find yourself feeling that way, number one, just stop it. Take a break. Get off of social media. If that's what's causing it, again, this is all, this is where a lot of bad feelings stem from is from social media. Yeah. Take a break. Put your phone down. Go outside. Whatever. Or... Pull a board game. Go ask some friends over. That's exactly... Okay, have friends over. Number two, Mm -hmm. you are not the only person missing out on this. Good point. Not every other person on the planet is there except for you. Mm -hmm. There are lots of people who are not at that con. Right. And they are living just fine. Right. So I bet you can too. You'll make it. Mm -hmm. You're going to make it. (laughs) Yes. And then if you can get past that point of feeling envious... Of, of getting out outside of those negative feelings, then you can start to share in the joy of what these people are sharing. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool what they're doing. That's a really neat experience that they're getting able to take up, that they're able to take a part of. So you said you've been feeling this way and then obviously I feel like you've conquered it. Mm-hmm. What was it at Origins that you were now feeling like that of oh, look at that. That's really cool. They got to see that. I know um, you, keep, you keep bringing up a game that everybody's talking about well i mean there are lots of games at origins that people are all like you know going gaga over one of them is baron park yeah. uh, that looks like a lot of fun one person though that first i was jealous of but i've i've come to really um to really enjoy following what his his thoughts and, and experiences on origins was was uh our friend mark the chubby meeple mm-hmm. who listens to the show um he got to go to origins and he was getting able he was, didn't he get a press pass yeah, That's and, super and cool. he was able to meet with a bunch of publishers. That's he got to neat. meet a bunch of his online friends, you know, that that we're going to have the opportunity to to do. And and you know, he he posted something on Facebook today, kind of like a, a summary of his experience at Origins. And I was like, good for you, man. I'm glad you're able to get that that experience in. Yeah, and it sounds like he, he had a really awesome time. Good. So glad to hear you had a good time, Mark. I'm not jealous of you. I promise. <laughs> And, um, <laughs> but yeah, so, so share, share another's experiences, but again, don't get envious. Don't let the envy steal your joy of your board game collection. Of what you've got. Yeah. yeah. It makes you lose sight of everything that you have. And, um, those people, while they're on their flights and whatnot, you still get to play games right. at home while they're yeah. flying. So they- totally. <laughs> So that about wraps up our topic, our talk on con envy. Who knows? Maybe people will be envious of us. And at you shouldn't be. Con. Don't. Yeah, don't. Don't. <laughs> because while we will be having fun, we also have to work because mm-hmm. as volunteers at the Dice Tower Con. So it'll be fun, but we'll also be doing some other manual labor. 
So anyway, that's that. We hope you have enjoyed the show today. Um, we would love to know what you thought. If you have some feedback on the new segments, if you have, so, if you didn't make it into the the poll, the uh, the mm-hmm. survey that we did, and you have some other thoughts to give us, um, please contact us. Please reach out to us. Let us know that you're listening. Yes. What are the ways that they can do that? Um, we have several different social media accounts. We're on Instagram at Married with BG. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Married with BG. We also have a Twitter account at Married with BG, as well as a YouTube page, Married with BG, that you can search for. And, or is it Married with Board Games? I think it's Married with BG. Okay. And then all of that can be found on our website, marriedwithbg.com, um, as well as our email address. MarriedWithBG at gmail.com. And we also have our contact uh, form on our website. Yes. There is no excuse for not getting in touch with us. And we would also love um, if you feel so led to leave a review for us here. On iTunes. Yes. um, That's going to help other people find our podcast. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, it's another way to... Get your feedback on the show. Absolutely. Hey, maybe we'll even read your review like we did in episode 19. Yes. Yes. Be famous. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> well, do you have anything else for this episode? Um, No, just keep watching. You know, we've rolled out these new segments, and then I fired off an idea at Spencer for just a fun little video to make. Mm-hmm. And so we're just kind of letting the creative juices start flowing yes, so just keep your eye on hey us. that's a that's a perfect game a uh, name for a game creative juices would you buy a game called creative juices uh... thank you so much for joining us <laughs> for episode 20 uh this has been episode 20 i'm spencer i'm laura thank you so much for listening